And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. I'm Deontay Burton, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Hamadou Diallo. Hey, I'm Danilo Gallinari. I'm Chris Paul, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Lou Dort, and I'm down to Dort. What's Dort? I, I'm not going to lie. I don't know what that was. In English, bro. I'm Darius Baisley, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Shake Gilders Alexander. I'm Steven Adams. I'm Andre Robinson, and I'm down to dunk. Yeah. On you. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schleck. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me today, as always on Monday, is Michele Barra. Michele, what's up? It's still incredible that Down to Dunk goes into the Athletic. It's so, <laughs> so awesome. Sometimes it's good, it's good to remember. Like, it is awesome. I mean, you did a great great you did and you you do a great work but oh, thank you this is still exciting it is even what is it, a year later is so it already a year it'd be a no it'll be a year in january it feels i mean it feels like five years because of yeah everything that's happened <laughs> because of the code situation uh, <laughs> yeah but it uh yeah it'll be a year in january which is uh it is incredible and we're very very thankful for that um yeah so the Thunder are just in this weird spot right now, McKelly, where we're 17 days away from the draft. The Thunder don't have a coach. They don't really have a coaching. Technically, they don't really have a coaching staff. They have all these trades up in the air that we know that they're discussing. They are waiting on the cap and the tax to be set, which it's been delayed another week. So we may know on sometime this week uh, if that will be set and when they will start the the season, whether that's December 22nd, which I still feel is most likely is mm-hmm. that the, the ownership will be able to convince the players like, Hey, you guys, here's how much we're going to cut from your salary. If you guys wait, let's see how you guys feel about that. I mean, the truth is that money talks and yeah. I would, the, the, the players are pushing right now to push back the date to probably get more more for themselves. But the truth is that if that $500 million is true, if it's true that they have to that they will forfeit that amount of money, that amount of money will end up winning the day. Like money will win the day with this with this next year starting because they're yeah. already behind the eight ball when it comes to money because they're likely not to have fans for most of the season, if not the entire season. And they're likely to have to play the playoffs in a bubble again. And so I would, I would bet on Christmas. I would be surprised if they did not play basketball on Christmas. I could be definitely, I could be wrong, but it feels like cash is, is what is going to push this thing forward. Yeah. And 
I mean, you have everything uh, encapsulated in one word, escrow. <laughs> this should be like player's nightmare from now to the no. end of this season. Um, I mean, we we talk about uh, fans in the stands and stuff like that. We have no idea how the pandemic will go. Uh, we just, there are so many possibilities that like even trying to discuss um, when it could be uh, doable to have fans in the stands is it sounds it sounds I don't know uh, silly but this is a reason more to start as soon as possible because you first there are teams that are not playing since March and it's <laughs> it feels like a decade ago and, and yeah there are teams that are not well rested because it's just a month and a half probably uh for us two months um it will be two months and so it's it's tricky but again i, I am i agree with you if it's not december the 22nd it will be december the 25th probably christmas day uh, they can start away uh but i i would i would not bet on having the mba starting um in january or later yeah I, yeah, it's it'll be interesting to see what happens. But again, it's money has always been the driver of all of this, believe it or not. Yeah. But it's even more so now in that there's a lot of money at stake. And this isn't like past years like this. This NBA season, this particular NBA season is just going. It's guaranteed. It's guaranteed to be strange. Yeah. Uh, and I think the the faster that you can get it started, the faster you can get it over with, the better. Because I think then we're moving, hopefully we're moving closer to what would be a normal NBA season. Uh, not this season, but the next one. And I think that everybody would like to, to get there as quickly as yeah. possible. And to get there as quickly as possible, you got to get this one over with. And so that's, I think that's the road we're headed down. Yeah, and to 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 go back to OKC and and your initial statement about the fact that they have to do a lot of things and they are probably waiting on numbers and clarifications and stuff like that and i listened to a couple of podcasts even one of the athletic probably nerder she wrote about the fact that wow OKC is still without a coach uh they should be pressed to find one yeah i'm i'm sure that that they will find one in the next 10 days, but there is no rush. I mean, probably the old coaching staff with Brian Keefe, Mark Degnold will be there if a player wants to go in the training facility and train over the next two weeks before the transaction season ha like starts uh, or before the draft. So there is no real rush. Uh, and again, who are we to say, well, how long you have to spend in searching a coach? And I mean, yes, the big names went away, but no one in OKC was banging on them. Maybe, uh, I don't know, Kenny Atkinson, but even him sounded like a huge stretch to me that he was like, okay, getting a job like OKC's one. Yeah, I mean, the truth is that the Thunder are saving money week after week. By not hiring a coach. That's a part of this, probably. And then there, there's just like no pressure for them to hire a coach. There, if if they are really this, it, it to me, it signals even more so 
that they're heading into a tanking season and not counting on having Chris and Gallo and Schroeder and all those guys here is that, listen, why do we need a coaching staff here now? Because we have yeah. so much roster reshaping to do that there's no reason to have a guy in place. That if we need, we I think they would like yeah. to have a guy before the draft, which means they're likely to hire somebody this week or next week. Probably this week, just because then you have some time to bring them in and say, hey, here's what we've narrowed down as far as the guys that we like. Here's what we have on the table. Here are the trades that are available. What are your thoughts on the direction of where we're going? This is where we think we should go. What do you think about it? I mean, those are the probably the type of conversations that they're going to have with whoever their next coach is going to be. And they may be having them right now because I think that Mark Degnault just makes so much sense as the next head coach for the Thunder. He's already in the system. He's had head coaching experience uh, with the Blue. They brought him up within their system. He's a guy they already know very well. He coached at Florida with Billy Donovan. Uh, they know his representation very well. I mean, there's just like a lot of signs there that say that like this is the type of guy they could hire. I'm not saying, I don't even know what the what their process has been like, but to me, like reading the tea leaves, he's a guy that makes a ton of sense for this team. Now, you can also say that about a lot of other assistant coaches throughout the NBA. That if I, I guarantee you that if they're an assistant coach on a successful franchise, the Thunder have either looked into them or interviewed them. And yeah. it's likely guys that you've never heard of. The Thunder will probably hire somebody. To me, it's either Mark Degnault or somebody you've never heard of. <laughs> it's probably those are the two things that we're looking at. I mean, Brian Keefe is also a possibility. I'd be a little surprised if they hired Keefe just because he doesn't feel like a guy that you're trying to bring up and that will be like the head coach of the Thunder for years to come. He -hmm. feels like a stop, almost like a stop gap where you're like, yeah, let's let's pay a coach 500,000 for the next few years and then we'll find our guy. That's what that's what (laughs) Keefe feels like to me. I, I may be completely wrong. Brian Keefe may be a great head coach. He's never had the experience to do it. If he does, maybe he's great. Who knows? But to me, it's like Mark Degnault. If you're talking about a guy that's on the bench, he's a guy that makes sense to me. And then, or we're talking an assistant coach from the Heat or the Bucks or a team like that. That makes sense. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And like, suppose it is Mark Degnault and you have a year where however he performs, it will be great for your franchise. Because, like, if he, if OKC plays very well on the court and exceeds expectation without, like, Scherter, without uh, CP3, without Gallo, we are talking about a 28-win season. Like, if everything goes extremely well. And so, if maybe, that happens... Maybe 29, who knows? Maybe 29, maybe 32. Um, but yeah. if that happens... And the players love him and the culture starts to be, starts to grow there with, with new faces, with a new system in place. Great. If everything goes extremely poorly and OKC wins 14 games, first of all, like write a check to the guy because this is exactly the goal. Second, yeah. you can change next season and no one will care. Uh, if you do that strategy three years in a row, then Shea will care. I'm sure because he has to decide where to go. But one year of trying out a guy that Shea already knows and your players already know, and 
that is basically in the system, it's not a bad strategy. Um, so I'm all in for that. Uh, another name that I think could make sense here, and I have no sources, it's just looking at guys that might be in Sam's uh, radar, mm -hmm. because where in OKC is Anthony Grant, yep. who coached the top five pick Obi Toppin at Dayton. He's a guy that has a very good college pedigree and was in OKC for two years to, I would say, very successful years for different reasons. Um, because when you win a lot of games and you go to the Western Conference Finals, it is a successful year. Mm -hmm. The next year was probably successful in from another perspective. But he's a guy that I don't think it's completely out of the realm of possibilities. Now, it is, is it likely? Uh, no, um, it, like clearly no. But again, maybe he could be a guy that you know the name, um, you know nothing else <laughs> probably uh, other than the fact that Dayton runs a pretty good offense, uh, free flowing. And I mean, that is, that is about it. But, but again, a guy like that would probably be okay as well. Yeah. Well, any any coach for the Thunder for two years, which is like, oh, yeah, okay. Like they they know him, and he just finished an outstanding year. I mean, he was the Atlantic Ten Coach of the Year. He was the Sporting News National Coach of the Year. He was the NABC Coach of the Year. He won the Henry Ibo Award for Coach of the Year. He was the AP National Coach of the Year, and he was the Naismith College Coach of the Year. <laughs> like that's he won. He like swept all these awards for Coach of the Year in college. And so like, this is, this is something where you're like, oh, great. Either he gets a raise or he goes and gets a better job that makes more money. And he's at the age, he's 54 years old. And so he's at the age where it's like, okay, let's, let's go figure out. And maybe he stays at Dayton. Maybe he's a guy that's, that stays there and just gets paid a ton of money. Or he goes to a bigger college program where somebody is dissatisfied with their current head coach. Or maybe he goes to the pros. Maybe he comes up to the Thunder and it's like, okay, I'm ready to give this a shot. Let's let's see what we can do. So yeah, he makes he makes sense as well. I think you have to get a guy that's had. That's why I don't like Brian Keefe as much because I would like to have a guy that's had head coaching experience and a guy that has has been in charge that has called the timeout in a game. I would like to have that kind of guy, uh, and that's where Degnault and Anthony Grant make some sense. And then you know perhaps they don't go that direction, but I I tend to to favor those type of guys that have, that have had experience, uh, especially coaching a young team because they're going to, they're going to need to be able to lean back on some stuff <laughs> for sure. Coaching a young team, which will likely be the Oklahoma city thunder. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. 
Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Uh, McKellie, the draft is in 17 days, and the Thunder currently hold the 25th pick in the draft. They could, I mean, it's it's likely that they, that's all they do, is they just take the 25th pick, and then maybe they make deals after that. They could make deals to move up. They could make a deal to move out. Who knows what happens, but... Well, we've been doing a series on the OKC Dream Team show on our, our Patreon feed about the NBA draft and have covered lots of different players that you can go check out. We have a catalog of players up to almost 30 players that you can go listen to. So if you don't know who some of these guys are, you have questions about who they are, there's tons of draft content out there. I realize that, but we would appreciate it if you'd check ours out as well. Uh, but McKelly, is there somebody that has stuck out to you at 25 uh, that you would want the Thunder to take that, that may last there? Um, there is a guy, and the more – this will – whoever listened uh, to our Thunder After Dark uh, review of Tyrese Maxey uh, will probably kill me now because I spent the entire podcast trying to convince Andrew that <laughs> other players were better than him. But yeah. the more I think – about him, mm-hmm. the more I I see why he can slide yeah. because you cannot trust his shooting, uh, like closing your eyes and say, well, uh, if my life depends on 10 trees of Maxi and he has to eat three, yeah. would I bang my entire life on that? No. <laughs> uh, and three is not like, every, play, every pro player should be able to do that. Yeah. And I'm not sure that Maxi can. Uh, he will most likely can. Uh, but there is some that certain um, bit of probability where that can, can go wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so this is why he can be there at 25 or maybe at 20, 21, and OKC somehow finds a way either Right, a trading shooter, or maybe finding a way to uh, to trade Gallinari to the Heat, and therefore getting their pick in, in exchange of their own, like stuff like that can happen. Sure. Uh, with the Heat, it makes sense to 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 put Gallo there and get Kelly Olynyk, for example, uh, and switch uh, the picks of this year. This is it'll, this will sound not uh, like a huge deal for OKC, but but it is if you like Maxi, mm-hmm. and he is a guy that can be a great defender, can play both guard position, um, is a competitor and has a very good length and body strength. And when you have all those things together with the ball handling, I think there is upside there. And he's super duper young. So Mm -hmm. that kind of player is someone who I would really look forward to draft if he's there. Yeah. Uh, You have no arguments from me. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) You know that. Tyrese Maxey is a guy that I've really liked all along. And he profiles as a Thunder guy in several ways. Uh, he's young. He's a freshman. He's at. He went to Kentucky. Thunder have had several different guys that went to Kentucky on their squad. And he shot 29% from three. So this is your type of guy <laughs> you're looking for. He was 33 of 113 attempts in college. And there's definitely some things not to like about him, that being one of them. But he competes, <clears throat> which is another Thunder trait. Like, they love guys that really compete hard. And I think that Tyrese Maxey is one of those guys. 
And he can do just a lot of other things as well. Like he's not a bad passer. He's not a bad rebounder. Like he can score in spots. He's not a guy who you want as your lead guard, but if he is your, if he's your secondary playmaker, uh, to me, he's, he's a good fit there and he's got upside. He's not a crazy athlete, which makes him not really a thunder guy, but he's, to me, there's upside there. There's some untapped potential there. One, because he's young. And then two, because he went to Kentucky. And those guys are unable to showcase really what they have there. And that's just, that's a part of going to Kentucky. Is that they're going to help you uh, develop. And then you just can't see all of it. There's just no way to see all of it. Like Tyler Hero. Tyler Hero wasn't doing what he did for the Heat in Kentucky. <laughs> You know, you have the chance to to kind of prove yourself at the pro level. And so I just like taking a chance at one of those guys. Uh, will he last all the way there? Like he's going in San Vicini's mock draft. He's got him going 20 to the heat, which I really like that fit for him in Miami. But will he will he slip past that? Um I don't know. I don't know that he would. I think he, there's po- a possibility that Tyrese Maxey goes a lot higher than that. That some teams, yeah. I mean, like I like him a lot better than Cole Anthony. Oh, yes. Yes. Who For is, sure. I mean, and then you, then you're talking about guys like Jalen Smith, where you're like, like I like, I probably take Maxey over Jalen Smith. Alexi Pukashevsky, would you take, mm-hmm. would you take him over Pukashevsky, who is, Seven feet, 200 pounds of just question marks and athleticism and shooting and dribbling. And like, I don't know, like, I probably believe in Maxi is more of a pro than Pokushevsky, but if they hit, Pokushevsky is like a much more valuable player because of his size. Um, that's where it's, maybe that's like the line that I draw where it's like, uh, okay, I'd probably take the upside swing of Pokushevsky. Just because he's he he does have this he's seven seven feet tall seven three wingspan he has shown the ability to shoot it he can dribble like when he dribbles he doesn't look awkward doing it uh, you know he can he can pass he's actually a pretty good passer uh, but there's like he there's just a chance that he just that he gets to the pros and he plays five minutes you're like oh crap <laughs> like we just drafted a guy that is going home like next week. Um, there's there's the chance of that. Maxi, I don't think. I think Maxi will play no. in the league. I think that he's a guy that will stick on a roster. Whether he he could be a starting level player, he could just be a backup that maybe never even touches the court and is maybe more of a a G League type of guy. I would be surprised if he was, but there's there's that chance of that where his shot, like he's a twenty eight percent three point shooter, and that's what he is in the NBA. Well, okay, well there's just not really a spot for that type of. There's, it's very rare to have a guard like that that can play. Like he's got to be a high level defender or a crazy athlete, and he's really he could be a high level defender, but it's it's hard for those guys to stick. Like he's not Lou Dort on the defensive end, um, which is who you have to be in order to stick in the NBA. Um, but he's definitely an all around type of talent. But I just I'd be surprised if he lasted to twenty five, which is why like I like guys like and Desmond Bain is probably a little bit old to go there, but he's the same age as SGA. Yeah. Like, does that, does that matter to you? And a lot of it is like runway for talent evaluation and talent progression. And so like, 
that's where that comes into play. Like, would you take Desmond Bain or Jaden McDaniels? If you're um, both very different players, but it's tricky to me. Like, on one hand, um, I you don't want to waste a pick, and so yeah. this is why drafting guys like Nico Mannion or Jaden McDaniels or guys that can have huge upside due to their age and due to their pedigree because they were both highly tutored prospect mm-hmm. prospects. Um, but on the other end, suppose that they draft Desmond Bain and he can be your Danny Green. Mm-hmm. You play him, he will probably fit alongside SGA and yeah. Lil Dort and you will be happy. You'll have to pay a good amount in order to keep him around. Mm-hmm. And what, what is his ceiling? Is he Duncan Robinson? Yeah, maybe. Will it, like, what is the, the career projection that you have on a guy like that? Again, at this stage of the process, I'm not sure that it makes any sense for OKC to draft a player like Desmond Bain. Yeah. Because I, either you think of him as a like the transcendent piece where you, you can you can see something else. But if you see him as a good guard that can step on the court and shoot trees, I know that sooner or later you have to pick guys like that. But I think it's too early in the process. Like Maxi that we were discussing before, and I know that he's not his range. I, I think that OKC will be in a better position to draft a player like that in a few days mm-hmm. uh, or close to the draft because I really think that Schroeder and Gallinari will net something to Akizi and the likely pick that they will get back will be in this draft and not in the future. So I can see the Heat and or uh, teams like that like trying to move, especially if you can swap picks, like if you can swap 25 and Schroeder for pick number 17, I think they were there is something to be had there. So this is why I think that guys like that uh, should be discussed. And those players have upside. Bain, his upside is being a very good guard, but it's not being Clay Thompson, I think. I, I agree with that. He's just also the type of guy the Thunder always, we always wish the Thunder had. Yeah. And But back know, then, they- like when they had like a contending team right like when you have a shape like when your team is shaped then yes and probably it's again i'm i'm not against the pick like that but i don't think this is this will be the way that presti operate in in the next two years because as we said many times i do think that there is a certain discovery that presti wants to do in when he drafts a player like basely is like complete discovery. Even Lou Dort is has the potential to be a ball handler, has the potential to be a player that is like Marcus Smart, who mm-hmm. can play like defense in every single position on the court. With Bain, I don't see that. And probably I have to see more because I look not at the full uh not all the is offensive possessions nor defensive possessions. So I have a rough idea, not a, not a very precise one, but I don't think it's a it's a, a pick that I would do this season. Again, I, I I would 
more gladly waste a pick on Jaden McDaniels because if the guy pans out, you can draft a top 100 player in the league with, yeah. the, with that selection. Yeah, no, I I, I see Jaden McDaniels as more of a likely pick than Bain, certainly. Just because he is, he's 6'10", and he's 19 years old, and he was highly touted coming into college. And those are the type of things that the Thunder really like, and he's a blank slate. And I think the Thunder really trusts their culture and trusts what they have built over the last 11, 12 years and say, we believe that we can change this guy. And, you know, he seems to have had kind of an attitude at Washington. He got a lot of technical fouls. Mm -hmm. Well, I feel like we can straighten that out. And he's a guy that is super versatile and could play with Baisley. And then you have these two like super tall, versatile forwards. And those are, you know, those are two guys that you can at least try to form into starters. Like that's, that's the type of idea. Or even Isaiah Stewart, the six foot nine center that maybe can't be a starting center, but there's still like some untapped potential there. You know, he's a 77% free throw shooter. Like, okay, well maybe he can be a corner three guy and plays with force and, you know, is just going to throw guys around. That's, that's more of a thunder type of guy, which makes sense. Yeah, he makes total sense. Um, he's a guy that if they draft him, it's, it's probably because they want to brew the next uh, center uh, after or during the Stephen Adams tenure. And this is fine. You'll have minutes. I mean, Stephen wants to play 30 minutes a night. Uh, he will probably, his minutes will be around that figure. If he has a guy, a young guy that can play 20, then I'm, I'm sure he will be fine playing 28. Mm-hmm. And Stewart is another profile of a, like another player that profiles as a highly tutored before high uh, after high school. Yep. Um, he can bully you. He plays with so much energy and he was in a tough situation in Washington because yep. that team with Jaden McDaniels uh, was not successful. So something clearly went wrong there. Mm-hmm. Um, if I, I'm the guy who drafts the center. I probably want to see a little bit more of IQ and like passing and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, Stewart does not have that, but he might very well end up being an okay shooter from three positions, like top of the key and the corners. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is extremely valuable, especially because he's a great defender and can be a great defender in the league. Yeah. Due to raw power and also the idea that he wants to be that player. So he can be per 2.0 with a shot. Yeah. And a guy like that, even in modern NBA, it is needed. Yeah. And you can find minutes for a guy like that. He's maybe and who a knows? little bit more Derek. Maybe. Yeah, he's maybe a little bit more Derek Favors than Perk, though, you think? Uh, yeah. Favors doesn't strike me as a guy that will rip your head from from you. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Favors is good though. Like Favors yeah. will have a job for a long time. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I think the Stewart will be a player for yeah. 15 years. He yeah. can be that but I don't really see players like that failing. Like players that play with force, that have a defined role and there are known quantities and that have on the other end a bit of upside if he maybe can learn how to do a pass, learn how to shoot a corner tree, as you said, then there's room to grow into something more. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, that's why guys like Bain and Josh Green and guys like that, you're like, okay, I can see it. Now, will they be anything more than that, than what you can see? Maybe not. But there is a value in hitting on a roll on a rotation player on a top eight yeah. rotation player at 25. Like there's certainly value in that. And Jaden McDaniels may not be that Nico Mannion may not be that. And I, Isaiah Stewart is a guy that you're like, okay, like he doesn't get me super excited, but at least he's like, okay, he's a guy that has starter potential certainly because there is a lot mm-hmm. of untapped potential in him still. And he is six foot nine, but it, I mean, the playoffs have shown that you don't always want a seven foot guy out on the court. And in fact, you may not want a seven footer out on the court. There are very few seven footers that are going to play in the last five minutes of a playoff game. That's close. There are very, very few. And so if you have a guy that can move a little bit better, Stewart can move pretty well. If the, if you got yeah. a guy like that, okay. And if he can, and definitely if you can shoot a three, then you're like, okay, maybe that's that's the type of guy that we want to draft because we can see the path to development. We can see the path to him becoming a shooter. We can see the path to him becoming a guy that we feel like we can close games with. Uh, is that guaranteed? Absolutely not. <laughs> but it's the potential is there for that type of guy. And you can say, all right, I don't see him being a complete failure at the NBA level. I can see him being like a backup big is maybe what he becomes, or he's maybe your fourth or fifth big on a team, which, you know, there's, there are teams that could use that type of guy The the Houston Rockets don't even have a first big. So having a guy like that uh, could be helpful. And you saw the, you saw that hole there for Houston against the Lakers. I was like, oh, well, they don't have anybody. They don't have one guy that can do anything against the Lakers. Like they, they need one. I give them one guy. Isaiah Stewart could be that one guy. That's the type of the type of player that he is. Um, yeah, and as much as Stephen Adams was maligned for the last two series, like playoff series, mm-hmm. um, rightfully so, uh, in part. I think that there is a role for a guy like that in a series against the Lakers, in a series against the Nuggets, in a series against Utah. Mm-hmm. You will need guys like that anyway. And again, the floor for Stewart is being a good center for the next 10 years. Mm-hmm. And whatever, like if he goes and he has another super duper good center like Philly or Denver or Utah, then probably he will not start. But if he goes in a place like OKC or Golden State or places like that, maybe he can be a starter. Maybe he can win OKC start job in three years. Who knows? Like, and again, you're right. I mean, I... I probably see the next draft as a complete discovery for OKC and like just like a free card. Just draft whoever and he he will be fine, even if you don't draft anyone, because you, you really want to, to to swing for the fences. But Isaiah Stewart can be something in between where you know that he's a known quantity, you know that he can slide because no one will draft center in this draft with mm-hmm. with light heart because they they will they, they saw what happened in the in the postseason 
centers were not the best uh, in terms of value. And so you can find IC Stewart there at 25 and say, well, you know what? I think he can provide value. And I think that there is more than what he showed in Washington. Yeah, I can see that as much as I didn't really like him <laughs> at first. I'm yeah. coming around. I'm honestly coming around to him, which is just like a weird process that I think is happening with a lot of players in this draft where either you figure out like, oh, well, I don't like that guy at all. Or like, oh, I think I actually might really like this particular player. I think that's I think it's time for the draft to happen, by the way. <laughs> let's get yeah, this thing going. Yeah. Like, let's let's get this thing over with, because we've been talking about the same guys for so long. And it's going to be strange because we'll basically have from December to June then to talk about the next draft prospects. Like it's going to go very quickly. Uh, it, unlike this draft, which we've been talking about these guys for over a year now that we've had to talk about these guys. These next, this next draft is, okay, you have seven months now to take a look at these guys and see what you think. So it'll be, hopefully we get those guys on the court for a decent amount of time to be able to watch them. And then obviously we'll be talking about these guys for a much shorter amount of time. And likely the next player that's selected by the Thunder will be much more impactful than whoever the Thunder get at 25. Uh, that's, that's certainly um, what, what's probably going to happen. So uh, McKelly, we're going to cut this one short. Thanks for listening to down to dunk today. You can follow McKelly on Twitter at Mikey Barra. You can follow me on Twitter, Andrew K. Schlecht. Follow our podcast at Down to Dunk. Uh, we appreciate you guys listening and tuning in. We're going to have some really fun stuff for you guys in the upcoming weeks. One, because I think there's going to be a lot of content uh, to be had. And then two, just because we, we're cooking up some stuff for you. So hope you guys have a great rest of your day. And we'll talk to you guys again on Wednesday. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.